You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, have you ever wondered how I generate thousands of inbound leads per year using LinkedIn? Well, this episode is sponsored by my guide, The Ultimate Guide to Generating Inbound Leads with LinkedIn. This is the definitive guide on how to consistently generate inbound leads using LinkedIn and social selling. So if you want a copy of that guide, just send a text to 44222 with the word L-I guide, all one word, L-I guide to 44222, or you can go to my website at askdennisbrown.com forward slash guide. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest, but she's a returning guest. So in episode 48, Cheryl Tan, my good friend to the left here, shared with us how to start leveraging video to grow your business. She's a video marketing expert. She's a video creation expert. Everything about video, I'm going to have her talk a little bit about that. She's amazing. So first of all, welcome, Cheryl. I'm really glad we got to chat and get back on here. I know it's been a while. It has been a while, Dennis. A lot has happened. And I'm so excited to be back on your show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you. I mean, we met years ago at a conference. It was actually a podcasting conference, which Mm -hmm. oddly enough, neither of us even had a podcast back then. (laughs) Now we both have podcasts, but it took me a while to finally get a hold of it. But we've been friends ever since. And, you know, I was so happy to have you on the show back in episode 48. So for whoever's listening to this, if you want to check that out, episode 48. But today, you know, I don't want to spill the popcorn in the lobby, but I do want to give everybody a little bit of a teaser. Today, you are going to go over your no-fail video formula. It's a five-part framework. Mm-hmm. It is a five-part framework. It's a five-part framework that's going to help you. And again, it's a no-fail video formula. But before we do that, give everybody that didn't have the pleasure of hearing the first interview a little bit of background. Take a minute or two, kind of how you got here, because you got an interesting way that you your rise into this entrepreneurial, you know, endeavors. And so I want to get a little bit of backstory on that. Absolutely. Dennis, thank you. And I like to tell people that I don't really consider myself an entrepreneur per se. I am a journalist. I am a longtime TV journalist. And I started my business about six years or so ago. And I get to meet people like you, Dennis, honestly. Like I've gotten the opportunity to meet people like you all through my career. But since being a business owner now, I I get to talk with them and hear their struggles. And some business owners, not you, Dennis, (laughs) some business owners struggle with putting themselves out there on camera. So I'm a media trainer. I am a video content strategist. I essentially help experts and entrepreneurs show up better on camera, whatever that looks like for them. And it's more important now than ever. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, it's really funny, you know, so when I was writing, I was thinking about the title of this episode, you know, I decided on the number one reason why you need to start video, start leveraging video to grow your business. So why don't you share that reason? Because I don't think people fully grasp. I mean, I think they understand that video is powerful and it's popular and it's growing trend, but I don't think they understand like the importance. Can you go over that a little bit? Absolutely. And I will tell you when we talked, and it's been maybe two years that we talked on your podcast, I don't think even I understood how important this was. But you might have seen online some of the statistics by 
2022, 82% of internet traffic will be video. That's a lot. And what that means is if you as a business owner, if you are starting out or if you're trying to figure out how to get in front of new customers, new clients, new people, then video is the way that you're going to capture their attention. And if you're not using video, if you're not on video, if you don't have video in some way, shape or form in your marketing, there's a danger you might get left behind. And that hurts my heart. <laughs> I don't, want I don't, that think, to I don't to think it's a danger. I think it's a foregone conclusion. And I don't care if you're an established business or not, you need to start figuring out whether you're a startup or established, how to start leveraging it. It's funny because when you, if you just look at social media, you look at Facebook, you look at Instagram, you look at LinkedIn, you look at all these different video plat or these, all these different social media platforms, video is the number one draw. It is. It's what it's, keeps people there. Yeah. It's what keeps people there. And so, I mean, just that alone, and then we're not talking about YouTube. We're not talking about you know, webinars. We're not talking about all these different other ways that you can, can and probably should be doing video. But yeah, that's a pretty stunning stat. And we're not talking about 2030 here, people. This is 2022. I hate to break the news to you, but when I'm recording this episode, it's December 7th, 2020. By the time it goes live, it'll probably be January of sometime of 2021. So we're talking about a year from now, 82% of traffic. And when you think about the fact that and this isn't just in the US, this isn't just on the East Coast, this is worldwide. So, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I have been a big advocate of video for a long time, but it didn't come easy to me. I struggled with it early on, you know, imposter syndrome and trying to overcomplicate it and, you know, just not feeling good about being on camera for whatever reason and being self-conscious. And so that's one of the reasons why I really wanted to have Cheryl back on, because I think she's going to help a lot of you with getting past that. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the biggest, biggest hurdle. And I just, I really want to, I really want to see if I can, you know, she can help you guys get past that initial step. Because once you see a little bit of results, see a little bit of success, no one's going to have to pull your teeth. I promise you, video is so powerful in almost any platform. So I remember, Dennis, when you were not feeling as comfortable on video as you are now. I remember that. And I remember telling you, like, you're great on camera. Like, you are great. And you have since, over time, just really stepped into it, haven't you? Now it feels like second nature, doesn't it? Yeah, you want to know what's really funny? I'm still not that comfortable, but I do it anyway. And so that, when people ask me advice, and they don't ask me about video advice much, but when they ask me about marketing advice, whatever that you know, format that's in, and whether it be writing or whether it be video or whether it be whatever it is, whatever form, I tell them, just do it anyway. Just do it anyway. It doesn't matter. You still have to, whether you're comfortable with it or not, you get more comfortable every time you do it over an extended period of time. And of course, I'm way more comfortable than I was back then. But I still feel weird about seeing myself on camera. And I still feel weird about talking about myself on camera. And I still feel weird about those things. And I think anybody would, but you can still do it. You don't have to be perfect. And that's one of the things that I had to get over, the perfection piece, where it was like everything had to be perfectly scripted and light, every, the lighting had to be perfect. And when I, get, when I put that all away and said, listen, it's progress over perfection, that's when I started to see major gains. Because my, the quality of everything went up anyway, but it would have never went up had I not just done it. Right, right. You know what I mean? There's so much to be said about what you focus on getting better that if you start, let's say you started on January 1st, creating your first video. If you keep going, then the chances are very good that January 1st will be the worst video you ever create because you're going to continue to focus on creating videos that by January 30th, 
it will be so much better. Just what you focus on will get better. And the videos you do now are most likely better than the ones that you did way back when we first met. Yeah. Everybody sucks before they're good. It's just how it is in everything. You know, I tell everybody and relating it back to, you know, a lot of people, I talk a lot about sales. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, when I was hired as a salesperson straight out of college, it was 1992, I was self-proclaimed the absolute worst salesperson they had ever hired in the career, in the history of the company. I was the worst. I was terrible. But within about six or seven months, I was in the, I was one of the top salespeople, but I had to go through that early, you know, uncomfortable pain and growth in order to get to that point. And I, I, I think video is the same way. I think like you just said, your first video on January 1st will probably be the worst video you ever have if you just continue to do it. But, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about that. So why don't we, why don't you unpack this no fail video formula? Because I think this is really going to draw the picture for people. I think this is going to put it in a little bit more concrete structure for them. So as I mentioned earlier, I have been in front of the camera for many, many years. I was a longtime TV journalist. I've made all of my mistakes live in front of a lot of people. And when I started working with business owners, when I started my company, I realized that the things that I did for TV, for the news, for my job, it was a system. I just didn't put it into words. Just I didn't have to. I was under a deadline. I had multiple deadlines a day. And so if I focused on any of those pieces, I wouldn't get my job done. (laughs) So I had to create this system to help explain to business owners I was working with the path to creating video. So zero to video is to me a five-step process. And I'll lay it out right here. And it's five Ps. It's prepare, position, process, publish, and promote. And again, when I was in the newsroom, when I was working under deadline, I did all of these things. I just did them all at the same time. And I did not wittingly, like I didn't like think about it. I just did it. But then since then, I've had to really break it down to help people who are not used to a deadline, who are not used to being in front of the camera to really see how to make this work for them. So the one thing I want to say before I kind of go through my five Ps is that being on camera is comfortable, is uncomfortable for everybody, for most everybody. Most people I work with, they don't feel comfortable. They don't like the sound of their voice. They don't like the way their hair looks. Right now, I don't love the way that my hair looks, but you just (laughs) push through knowing that the information that you're sharing, the value you're giving is more important than anything else. And the first step of my no-fail video formula is to prepare. Unfortunately, being on video needs a little bit more equipment than like blogging or even podcasting. You kind of need a camera. So most of the time, a camera that you have that you're using to text with, to check your stocks with, (laughs) to check email is good enough. The smartphone that you have in your hand will have a camera that is good enough. And preparing is just that, preparing that, preparing and making sure you have a camera preparing your audio to make sure that you're in a quiet place if you don't have an external microphone, and then also making sure that people can see you. So I do have a light on me right now, but if you don't, sitting by a window and making sure you're facing the window so that the light is shining on you is really enough. There doesn't need to be a huge monetary outlay if that's where you want to start, which is using what you have right now. And I know a lot of people kind of get stuck in the prepare mode, I know it because I hear all the questions. Oh, you know, should I get this camera? Should I get that? 
And I say, let's wait until we figure out how you're going to use video in your business. And if you continue with it, sure, get the next level DSLR and share a picture with me because I'd love to see it. I love a good camera just like anybody else. But until you get to that point, let's start with what you have. And then the next part is the next part that stumps people is the positioning that you have in your space. What are you going to say on camera? How are you going to connect with people who want to hear what you have to say? And so positioning is really just figuring out who you want to talk to on camera and giving them content that will help them create value in their day. So that could look very different for many different people. When I do videos for my YouTube channel, I know that people are asking me questions about equipment. They're asking me questions about scripts and they're asking me questions about backgrounds and things like that. So my videos are focused on giving them those answers. So I have a script template that I share. I have all kinds of equipment guides that people can download for free. And if you look at your content in that way, you can do the same thing for your audience. What yeah, it's really audience- funny. You know, I'm glad you brought that up. It's funny because I have, I think I have over a hundred videos on my YouTube channel and I would bet that 80% of them, the topics of 80% of them were questions that people had asked me. Mm -hmm. Either they asked me over social or via email, or maybe it was in another video, a live I was doing and they had asked this question in the comments. But I take a lot of my content, the topics from questions that people are asking me, because after all, I'm here to serve them. It's not about what's interesting to me. It's about what they want to know. So I love that as a tip. I think that's a simple, easy tip on how to start creating ideas of what you're going to talk about. I love this tip too, is more like more so in the last few months, I've been on a lot of virtual call, like summits and webinars with organizations with a lot of people who are on the call and they ask you a bunch of questions. And so I'll take the questions that come in through Zoom and I'll just save them. (laughs) I'll click save on the chat and take those questions and turn them into videos. Knowing that if one person is asking that question, most likely someone else is asking it somewhere that I can figure out SEO-wise how to put that on YouTube. But then I also have a piece of video that answers a question that I know that at least one person has. So I can even send that video to that one person. But It's not so much that we don't have content in our head or that we even have trouble organizing it is sometimes we just don't know where to get started. And to me, that's a great start. If people are already asking you questions, save it. (laughs) Save it somewhere safe so you can refer to it over and over again. Yeah, just keep a running list. I actually have Google Doc and I actually have a note in my iPhone where whenever a topic comes up, whenever a question comes up, I always just keep a rolling index of topics, you know, and I usually put them in kind of title format, you know, and then I use that as kind of the framework of what I'm going to create the content about, whether it be a podcast episode or a video or a blog post or whatever. It's just a habit that I've developed over the years. So I think that's a great idea. Yeah, I love that. And my problem, unfortunately, is I have a lot of ideas and a lot of different places that I put them in. (laughs) So don't do that. Note to self, right? Do not do that. If you're going to have a Google Doc, have one, not like five, where things are difficult to find. And that's the other thing is sort of creating for yourself a process that you will follow. I was just talking to a client just a bit ago, and I said to her, what if you started a weekly Facebook Live to your audience? They ask you questions all the time. They ask you all the time, all kinds of questions, and you have answers to that for them, relate, and you have answers for them that are related to your business. Maybe it's, some sort of product is out of stock, or you're getting a new shipment of this, or 
your hours are changing. Why don't we have a weekly update like Wednesdays at 10 a.m. that you can share all of the updates for the week and your audience knows to check in on that every single week at the same time. And if they're not there live, they can catch the replay. What I find is that me saying that is one thing, but actually having them feel comfortable enough to do that is another. So I just want to give one tip, Dennis. And you know, I know you probably didn't have to do this in the very beginning, but some people don't necessarily feel comfortable talking on camera. So what you could do is just turn on your camera, like turn on your phone, swipe up, (laughs) put the camera on selfie mode and start recording yourself every morning. After you get up, maybe after you've had some coffee, record yourself giving like a one minute tip of the day. It won't go anywhere. It won't, unless you want it to, it won't go anywhere. Just have it on your phone and try that for seven days and then take a look at them, see how you feel about them after you've recorded them. And what you'll probably see is that it wasn't so bad. And then you're kind of building that muscle memory. You're like, oh, I can do this. I can record this on my phone. I can share this tip. I can share that tip. And it can be succinct. It can be valuable. And once it's on my phone, I can share it. So I'd love for you to try that. Like I I challenge folks to do that, to like take some time in the morning, shoot a quick video and save it to the camera roll. That's it. That's it for right now. (laughs) Yeah, I love that because it creates a habit and it creates a comfort zone where you can then take some of that content, whether it was that content or you can expand on it or you can do it in a little more formal setting, but it gets you started, right? That's always the hardest part. You know, it's like like that big boulder sitting in the middle of your office and it weighs a thousand pounds. And when you try to start pushing it, it's really, really heavy. But then you get that first revolution and then that next revolution. It just gets easier and easier. And that's how video is, right? That's how video is. And so we're on number three. We started with number one, which was prepare. Mm -hmm. Tip number two was positioning. Three is process. So this is process, right? Mm -hmm. And so you talked about a couple of things in process. You talked about setting up and scheduling a weekly live or a weekly schedule of some sort. You talked about doing challenging yourself to do a weekly one minute video tip just to yourself as a selfie. What other parts of process do you think are important to share with the audience? I know that some people, some people don't have the bandwidth to shoot videos every day and it, and they don't want to feel like they're shooting all day long. And like, they don't want to feel like they're serving their videos, which, you know, that doesn't make any sense either. And if that's you, if it makes more sense for you to take some time to batch your shoots and maybe shoot four to five videos in one sitting, that way you have content for a month and you don't have to think about it, then we need to figure out what that looks like for you. Do you shoot every Wednesday or the first Wednesday of every month for a couple of hours? Do you shoot every other week? Maybe you just take a Saturday and you, you get everything done. But whatever that looks like for you, whatever makes sense for you is what we focus on. And maybe you need a little bit of help because we all need a little accountability. Maybe it's you with a team member who can push you and say, hey, Dennis, where are your scripts? Dennis, what are the topics that we're going to talk about? Let's sit down and get those shot. But whatever that is, it's making sure that you have a process that works for you. And maybe it is every Wednesday you go live and that's good enough and that's completely fine. Or maybe it's, I only want to do this every quarter. So that means you're going to take a couple of days and you're going to shoot a bunch of videos that can help serve you for that next quarter in your business. But whatever that looks like, we need to sit down and think about how you're going to make that happen and how you can get team members to help you make that process a reality. 
Yeah, I love that tip of batching. I'm a big believer in batching. As a matter of fact, I batch all of my podcast interviews. Oh. So for example, I only do podcast interviews once every two weeks. Every other Tuesday, I do podcast interviews. And I made the exception for Cheryl because I wanted her to come back on. And today, just so you know, is a Monday. But I only do it on Tuesdays. And I'm telling you right now, I only do it every two weeks and I batch them. I usually do four or five episodes on a Tuesday, but I only do them every other week. And I'm always months and months ahead, which is a great place to be with content. Right. Mm-hmm. Once you get on that schedule and you've got a little bit of buffer and you're not always creating to publish the same day or the same week, it takes a lot of stress off, right? And it makes it a lot more fun. So I love that batching concept. Not that I don't enjoy the lives because I do a weekly Facebook live on Monday. So I do have a schedule and there's huge advantage to live video. But if you're not ready for a live video publishing type schedule where you're doing it consistently, and I would tell you don't do live unless you're going to get a, unless you're going to have a schedule. I would prefer you to do the batching. And I think you hit it right on the head. Yep, I agree completely. And then you get comfortable. It's one of those things when you are sitting down and you know you've got four or five videos ahead of you, you sit down and you, you dig in and you do the work and you get more comfortable as you do each video. It doesn't feel so good in the time though, I will tell you. <laughs> Sometimes those video creation shoots can feel like the longest thing, but then you set it aside. And when you go back and edit, because you're going to batch edit those same things, or you'll send it off to an editor who will do the same thing, he or she will batch edit. It looks so much better once it is done. After it's done, when you have a month's worth of content done ahead of time, you will just, it feels so much better. It just feels amazing. Once you know you've got a month or two ahead of content, it's it's so much more fun when you do that. I mean, I've I've done both. I've published where I've shot a video, edited the same day and published it. And that's miserable. I didn't enjoy that at all. And mm-hmm. I would have never been able to do anything sustainable had I not done that sort of batching. So I'm a big believer in that. All right, cool. So what's the next step? So the next one is to actually publish. It might surprise you, but some people shoot, create, edit videos, and they never publish them. But one thing I always say is no one sees a video you don't publish. We're scared. We're not sure of the reaction to what we've created, but we're not going to know the reaction until we put it out there into the world. And we created it. Remember, we created it with an eye toward value. So we created this with the goal of helping somebody out. And so that's what we're going to publish it in the same kind of energy. And once you publish it, that's the only way you're going to know whether it lands, whether it makes sense, whether it helps somebody. But without publishing it, and that's a huge step, Without publishing it, we're not going to get to that next step, which is having more people learn more about it. And I will tell you that publishing is one of those things that as scary as it is, the results can be really, they can be life-changing because I, you know, I work with business owners who are busy. They have teams, they have businesses that are growing and they're exploding. And what videos can do, what content can do is it gives them more time to work with the clients, whether it's one-on-one or in a group or whatever business that they're in, but it helps give them more time to spend with their clients because they're always getting questions and queries like, hey, do you do this? Or, hey, can you tell me more about that? And once these videos are published, then they become content for potential clients and customers. So if somebody calls you and says, hey, you know, Cheryl, can you tell me more about this program or that program? All I do is I take a playlist from my YouTube channel and I say, yes, I want to definitely talk to you. Here's some more information about this program. Take a look at this video. And if you have questions, 
please let me know. We can talk about it on this call. And then here's a link to my calendar so we can have more of a conversation. So while it does take time, while it is nerve wracking to create a video and put it out into the world, it becomes a sales tool that helps you in the long run, helps save you time. It helps save your team time. And it makes your conversation with your client, potential client, a lot more powerful. Yeah, I love that tip about the playlist. And, and I, I'm going to tell you that I've been not just out of pure luck. I actually created a playlist of frequently asked questions. Oh, that's good. People. So it's 40 questions, <laughs> 40 different questions that are frequently asked that whenever somebody asks that question, I just send them a link to the video or that's to great. the playlist. Mm-hmm. So, and then what happens is I don't have to sit there and take 15 or 20 minutes via chat or via email or even on a live call to try to explain it. And then they get that answer. The other thing about it is it's very consistent the way I deliver it because I can consistently deliver the right message because depending upon how, what kind of a day you've had or depending upon the mood you're in or depending upon the time of day it is, you may not be, have quite the energy to respond to those questions the way you did when you did it in that video. So you're, it's going to do it perfect every time versus when you have to do it on the fly. So it's going to be very consistent. So I like that as well. So I love that playlist example. And I love using it, that thought of just using it as a support tool for whether it be existing clients or for a way for new clients to ask those really good buying questions, you know, when they go top of funnel and they start coming down a little bit deeper where they're really saying, how much does it cost? And how does this program work? And how much time is it going to take? And all that. That's a great way to really, you know, solidify that, those answers and and develop that relationship without having to do it one-on-one because that, mm-hmm. that just doesn't, that's hard to scale, right? Mm-hmm. It is. And, and you've already put the work in. You've put it in when you're sitting in front of the camera and you're talking into the camera and you're, you're trying to explain whatever it is you're trying to explain, but the person who's watching also gets the benefit from that. They get the benefit from you putting in the work in the beginning. That's it. You're just front-loading the work. Yeah. And on a publishing, do you say like on on YouTube, do you say have like a publishing schedule where you say every day or every week at this time, I'm going to publish my new content and on social media, do you do that? Or do you do have, is it a little bit more flex? How do you feel about having an actual publishing schedule? Because if they're going to publish, you know, if it's not part of a system on how they're going to publish, they probably won't publish consistently, Right. right? So what are your thoughts on having a schedule of some sort? So I think a schedule is great. I think it's just like that appointment viewing. Because remember, as my background is news, I think appointment viewing is important. If people know you're going to be there at 6 p.m., then you show up at 6 p.m. So if you're going to publish on YouTube, try and do it around the same time. And you can check in analytics when your subscribers are there on YouTube. But more importantly, it's important to know where your people are. If it's Facebook, if it's Instagram, if it's... But wherever it is... I'm not a big fan of just sort of mass producing and mass publishing. Like, I'm not a big fan of that. And I'm, it's not to say that there's not a lot of value in it, but we have a limited amount of time. We just do. We have a limited amount of time. If you've got a team member who can do all of that, have at it. But to me, it's finding the right avenues that can reach the people who need to hear what you have to say. And I think YouTube is a, is a big part of that because I think YouTube is large enough where everyone is on there. And if you can figure out your keywords and find the right connections on YouTube, that's a great place to start. And then maybe find one other place 
where your people are? Could it be Facebook? Could it be Instagram? Could it be LinkedIn? Yes. But it doesn't have to be all three in my mind. I think, and they're all very different, they're very different places. So pick one and let's go from there and grow that audience in that one space while you're growing YouTube at the same time. But creating that relationship with those people in that particular location. Yeah, no, I love that. And not only that, but sometimes the content in each one of those platforms needs to be much more contextual than generic. Now, there are certain content that can go across multiple platforms, right? I mean, there's certain content that can do that, but not all content can do that. You know, the messaging on Facebook is probably going to be a little bit different than the messaging on LinkedIn, Yes. right? So I agree with you 100% that create and then just mass publish isn't always the best option. So I think I, I think that's a good sound advice. All right, great. After publish, we talk about promote. This is the part where I believe most people really drop the ball, even when they do create video, when they get past the, the initial hurdles of creating video, this is where they blow it. Tell us a little bit about more about that. And here's where I struggle. I'm not going to lie. Like promoting is difficult because if you're a content creator, which maybe Dennis, maybe your audience is a lot, it's full of content creators. You've got a lot of folks here who love the creation side. I love the creation side then the promotion side of this can be a struggle. And it has been for me. But understanding that if you share this content with more people, then they're not going to get the benefit out of it. (laughs) So you have to actually promote more than you create. And one of the things that I like to do is to offer my content to bigger audiences. That in turn, I mean, this is kind of maybe the lazy way to do it. Maybe you can call it the lazy way. But if you find a bigger audience to share your content, Well, their audience is probably bigger than mine. So let's go with theirs. Have them share it. Maybe it's a news outlet. Maybe it's a journalist. Maybe it's a magazine. Maybe it's a blog. Maybe it's a podcast. But if you can, or and actually in the business world, it could be like a small business alliance or organization or a nonprofit. They have people who are looking to them for guidance. And if your content can help their members, then they're going to share your information with them. If it's good stuff, they'll share it and you don't necessarily have to take that upon yourself. It's still important for you to, of course, to promote more than you create. But in this way, you're actually sharing your content with someone who would be a center of influence and they can share it with their people. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. I think think what ends up happening is people spend 90% of their time creating the content and 10% of their time promoting it. And in reality, you almost have to flip that over, right? And promoting is where everybody struggles. And this is where I go back to kind of my roots. I'm a big email marketer. I've been a big email marketer for many years. And it's something that I drives me crazy when I talk to entrepreneurs, I talk to clients, I talk to even people that I interview on this podcast, very successful entrepreneurs. And they tell me, well, you know, I don't have a really, I have a really small email list and I just haven't really built it. I think email is that asset and that tool that just keeps giving, right? I mean, you know, my, I've been really fortunate because I've been building an email list for over a decade now, right? So it's been over a decade, but my email list is 50,000 people. So when I hit send on my email, I'm sending it to 50,000 people. Now, if 20% of those people open it, that means 10,000 people are going to see my message. Now, not everybody's going to start out with 50,000. Not everybody's going to start out with 500, but you got to start out. And I think when promoting your content, there's three primary ways you can do it. One is email, which is my favorite. 
Two is doing what Cheryl said, which is getting other people that in your network, either the relationships you have or new relationships you're going to develop and getting them to promote it to their audience, right? And then the third one is just through your normal social channels, right? Just, you know, through your Facebook following, your Twitter following, your LinkedIn following, just through normal feeds, you know, the different social media feeds, which to me is the least valuable, in my opinion, because you get the least, you're actually going to get the the least amount of true eyes on your content, especially when it's a video. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think those are three great ways to do it. But I can't stress enough the email piece. But the hard part about email is you got to collect emails, right? You got to develop that that system and that process of collecting emails. So, you know, I've talked about email marketing quite a bit on the podcast, different strategies for developing your email list and why you need to develop your email list and all those sorts of things. But, but ultimately, yeah, I think those are great sound tips. Anything else you want to talk about on the promote side? What you said is such a great compliment to that because when you have a video that is valuable, the next thing is, what do you want your people to do? So if you're spending all that time creating and editing and promoting, what is that next step? And email is to, is to me that next step. You want to collect their email address. You want to maybe book a call with them or have them book a call with you because that's how you're going to go from a viewer to someone who might potentially be a customer or a client. So email is that great half step that is sort of like, let's date a little bit <laughs> before we go to that next step of potentially doing business together. So. Yeah, it's really funny. You know, I have videos on my YouTube channel because I track. I have videos on my YouTube channel that generate on a monthly basis and have for years on a small scale, 30 to 50 new email opt-ins a month. Wow. That's One fantastic. video that does 30 to 50 new opt-ins to my email list per month. It costs me zero. I'm not doing paid ads. I'm not doing that. But that's a perfect example of what you just said, which was create the content, put it on a channel like YouTube, have some sort of a call to action where you're going to offer some additional value after the video, some sort of lead magnet or strategy call or whatever the case may be. And that's a great way for you to, number one, start building your email list. Number two, to start having conversations with your target market, which is what's going to end up having to happen in order for you to start getting clients. So I love that. Yeah. It's all about conversation at the end of the day. The thing about video is it helps people potentially see that conversation before they pick up the phone. Yeah, they trust you. They trust to get on the phone because they, they don't feel as though like you're going to beat them over the head with their pit, your pitch, and you're not, some, you know, you're not just some loony out in the internet world that, you know, that's going to start stalking them because they called you and to start tech. I mean, it creates that comfortability, that trust level where, they, where getting on a phone call is the natural next step or or sending them an email or asking a question through social is the natural next step. So, so those are the five, prepare, mm-hmm. position, process, publish, mm-hmm. promote. Mm-hmm. I love it. The reason I came up with this is because I was watching my clients go through these steps and noticing that once they put it in place and once they had this system in place, they were much happier. They could see that when they were getting swamped with calls, or when they were in a period in their business where things just seem to be going out of hand and getting out of hand and they're not able to control the calls coming in and the, the, the meetings that they had, that the videos helped to create a foundation and help them manage their business a little bit better. I know that sounds so weird, but more than many of them actually have really seen this help not only grow their business, but help create a structure. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, it's interesting that you hone in on that, that component of how your clients use it. Because what you guys have to understand is not everybody is going to be very Gary Vaynerchuk. Not everybody is going to be these high-level entrepreneurs that are really good on video and are doing it as, a, as PR to attract eyeballs to necessarily their product. There's other ways to use video within your business that has literally nothing to do with PR, mm-hmm. right? It's just as a part of the service that you offer to your community, the service that you offer to your clients, a service that you offer to your employees. I mean, there's, there's millions of ways to use video as a way to spread your message, disseminate your message, to amplify your message, and to ultimately, you know, help drive your business forward in a a variety of different formats. I think it's interesting that you point that out, that it's used in a variety of different ways, because everybody thinks about, well, video, I'm I'm not an influencer. Well, so what? Don't be an influencer. It's not about being an influencer. It's about leveraging video as a way to help you grow your business, as a way to help you, you know, way to help serve your clients better. And so ultimately, that's the end game and whatever format that comes in, you know, use the five part framework that you shared today. And I think Mm -hmm. that'll definitely help them get started. Is there anything else you want to add before we close out? I would just want to say one thing that I think when we are going through our social media feeds or we're hearing about the power of video on podcasts or on the news or whatever, we think that video is dancing on TikTok or pointing at words or (laughs) going viral And that's fine. And that's all well and good. But what we have been talking about, you and I, Dennis, over the last little bit is really having people understand who you are as someone that someone could potentially work with. And that is infinitely more powerful. I mean, yes, if you can dance, Dennis, can you dance? Can you dance and point at words at the same time? Definitely not. (laughs) If that is you, great. And maybe that will be me. I don't think so. But that's not the point. The point is you being you on camera and using that as a way to connect. That's all. Love it. Perfect. Well, listen, my friend, I really appreciate you being here. I think the audience got great value out of this. I know that I did. Let everybody know how they can connect with you, learn more about what you got going on, and uh, we'll wrap it up for today. Cool. Thank you so much. Yes, uh, please connect with me. I am on YouTube at Cheryl Tan. I'm on Instagram, Cheryl Tan Media, and you can catch me and get more on my programs, CherylTanMedia.com. Love it. I'll put all those links in the show notes. Really appreciate you being here. It's always awesome catching up with you. Thank you again. And I'm sure we'll chat again soon. Thank you. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.